Welcome everybody into another pod here. John, we're back here on the Shake and Blake we're show back. with Blake Crawford and John Grove. I usually don't ever say the name of the show and who we are when we intro it usually because it's like, well, I mean, if you don't know who, what you're listening to, I don't, I don't know why you're here. But anyway, uh, we're going to be recapping Baylor, doing some men's and women's basketball as well. That they uh, they played some games on Friday. It was a good weekend to be a Wildcat, John. Uh, how was your weekend? I mean, I couldn't have asked for it to be any better, except uh, the end of a week in which my throat started getting scratchy, my head's killing me. But uh, I'm just I'm just in for a relaxing night. That's all I can say. Oh yeah, well, with my silky smooth voice, John, I got you covered. Um, and it's snowing outside. Um, it is snowing. It's just, I mean, has it ever snowed this early before? I feel like we just like never get any snow around Christmas. We always just get it around like January, but it's snowing before a few, Thanksgiving. A, a few years uh, in Manhattan, there was a few occurrences of, of uh, snowfall uh, during Halloween. So it's Mother Nature, really? man. Wow. Yeah, during Halloween? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I re- I remember one year I think at right like right when the uh, we closed shop for the kids getting the candy but like the snow started falling so yeah I mean it w- it was pretty cool but I was I mean that's not gonna get me already Christmas ready uh, more no. than listen no. it's a hard it's a hard after Thanksgiving you gotta wait until after Thanksgiving I've been prepping so much to eat that big piece of turkey I mean I mean there's nothing. Uh, go, coming in the way that will stop me from eating dark meat turkey, white <laughs> turkey, gravy, all the mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, cream yep. corn. Oh, mm-hmm. you a stuffing guy, John? My dad is. I'm not. Okay. I yeah, stuffing is can be kind of hit or miss. I'm sure mac and cheese. Oh, we're so much good stuff. Well, we're not. I mean, listen. I will not take any Thanksgiving slander by it just it being completely forgotten to get into the Christmas spirit. But uh, anyway, speaking of uh, the most wonderful time of the year, uh, let's talk about this uh, K-State football game that happened on Saturday, Waco, Texas. Uh, if you somehow missed it or live under a rock, K-State dominated Baylor 31-3. to um, I guess we before we get into a lot of good news, let's just break some bad news. Um, Kobe Savage, who got hurt during the Baylor game, is going to be out for the rest of the season. Kleiman said it didn't look good in the postgame press conference, and obviously yeah. it didn't. Um, I mean, you got to feel really bad for Kobe, a guy who's, you know, transferred here from a Juco and instantly became a star, you know, in the first, within the first game or two, um, brought a ton of energy and swagger to this defense. He's going to be missed dearly. I mean, he was a tremendous part to the, uh, K-State secondary when it, I believe he came up with the first interception. Um, so, I mean, he's made a lot of hard hits, uh, this season. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be a a a missed key player for the uh, for the defense without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, had three interceptions on the season. Just, I mean, he played. He just played so well. Going to be dearly missed, like I said. Um, so coming into this game, I mean, this game was kind of the end of a really tough four game stretch. And I think if you would have told me beforehand we go two and two, I think I would have taken it because mm-hmm. there's definitely some worst case scenarios. You know, given the quality of opponents that we had to play during that time and especially in the way we beat two of them the way we won the two games um was quite promising and the only thing that really matters john is the fact that we control our own destiny now you know if we win two games we're in we're into the big 12 championship and it's very doable 
a win and if KU beats Texas this weekend, I mean that that guarantees K State will be a lock for the uh, Big Twelve championship. So um, yeah, I just I don't really want to rely on if, KU. Uh, Plus, if K, if K State wins this weekend, it's gonna take out a, a slew of teams uh, that were contending: Baylor, Oklahoma State, even Texas Tech. Like to a lesser extent, is it's it's still in contention. Um, but I mean, it's the the dominoes are starting to fall. Uh, and we'll get a, a more of a look on whether K State uh, can can control its destiny or not for the uh, for Arlington this December. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter if KU beats Texas because I still want to, I still want to beat KU. It doesn't even matter. I just would rather win the two games. You know, I'm not going to trust KU to beat Texas. Just win the two games, control what you can control, and get yourself into Arlington. Um, I think the thing that stuck out to me, kind of thinking about this game, is just the resiliency of this team. You know, after every loss, John, so far this season, we've come out and played some of our best football we've ever had. You think about the OU game where we shock a top 10 OU team in Norman um, when they were a top 10 team. It hasn't really aged that well, but it is what it is. We gave a top 10 Oklahoma state woman, the butt whooping of a lifetime of a millennium um, 48 to zero with William Howard um, after that tough TCU loss. And then after a Texas loss where, you know, we're on the final drive of the game with a chance to tie it, we turn it over. We come into Texas or into Baylor, excuse me, on the road against Dave Aranda, you know, it's, that's tough to play. You know, Baylor had to do some finagling to get it sold out, but it was a sold out crowd in Waco. Um, that's a tough environment to play in. And we just executed on a very high level winning 31 to three. Um, I don't know what angle, I mean, John, what angle do you want to take with this game? Do we want to just get right into the, the quarterback thing or I mean, I, you can do whatever you want with this. Well, I'll point this out um, as well. It was a it was a third blackout game of a season. Uh, <laughs> on top of that, too. So <clears throat> two and one two, in blackout games. You know that's two that's two funerals that that K State uh, was able to take photos by the by the gravestone and all that uh, me- memes like that. Um, uh, I mean, before we before we do, I mean, we were always talking about uh, Chris Kleiman uh, in some of his. Uh, problems when it comes to getting over the hump with some of these teams like Oklahoma State and Baylor and we knew about it was a tough three three game stretch with Oklahoma State and Texas and Baylor three teams that Climate has never beaten and just seeing the bounce back that this team has I mean it's just absolutely insane I mean on top of that I mean you got Will Howard who lost to Oklahoma State uh, and then later on dominates Baylor I mean this dominates Oklahoma State in 2022 and then same thing goes in uh this season with Baylor uh you fall on a field goal in 2020 with Howard as the quarterback and next thing you know he just completely uh curve stomps him so just really the way uh the quarterback position goes I mean the defense was also very healthy as well but uh we we can start off with with the offense and all and all that stuff yeah, let's just, I mean, I guess it's not as much of a controversy anymore because we do have the information that Adrian Martinez is going to be out four to six weeks, uh, was first reported by Colby Van Camp from, you know, our very own Wildcat 91.9 and then um, also reported by Go Power Cat. So, I mean, it's Will Howard's job. I mean, I wrote down a bunch of stuff. We, he, sh- he should be getting the job anyway. It's just tough. It's really weird because Adrian's such a high character guy and he's a really good quarterback. And, you know, you, he's a guy you want to root for. And, you know, he's, he kind of was his team at the start of the season. 
But when you have a guy like Will Howard, who has literally done nothing, but the time he's been given this season played like an absolute superstar whenever he steps onto the field. So, I mean, unless he ever proves something otherwise, Howard has to be the guy uh, going forward. He deserves it more than anybody. He's a guy who could have easily gone into the transfer portal, given all the adversity he's been through, getting put in when he wasn't ready, getting to, you know getting all this playing time, losing his red shirt multiple years, and coming in to a team where it wasn't really his team, it was Skyler's team, and he was kind of just filling in. But, I mean, Will Howard's here to stay, and he's prepared, and it absolutely shows. It deser- He deserves for this to be his team. And I mean, he's the guy, I think he's the guy K-State fans want to carry them, you know, through these last two games and possibly, you know, obviously a third game for the bowl game and then hopefully another one as well for that big 12 title game. I mean, it just looks a little more fluid with Colin Klein's offensive system when Will Howard's a QB. And I mean, no disrespect to Adrian Martinez. I mean, he has done a tremendous amount for where we are today, but. Um, just looking at Will Howard, he looks more confident, more aggressive. He's taking he's taking more accurate shots. He's no longer overthrowing the passes. Um, let me give you this idea. Uh, the, this idea, Blake Howard. I believe Howard's uh provable 84, 84 times. I could be wrong. I I that, that I think that's something. He's already got nine passing touchdowns. Uh, this season. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. Uh, the way he has just responded to all the adversity that he has to play uh, play against and next thing you know I mean he's looking like he's looking like Joe Montana out there just with the way he plays or maybe Dan Marino uh, of all I know but I I don't know I mean it just it it just looks the offense is more connected when it comes to the wide receivers uh Ben Sennett the tight end uh you also I mean and then you you have a one-two punch with Deuce Vaughn as well so I mean I, I think Personally, when it, uh, from uh, from my perspective, Will Howard is just he is just completely balling so far. Yeah, there's many more great memes to be had. I think in these final three to four games. Uh, I mean, obviously, Adrian Martinez gets hurt on the quarterback sneak on third and one. Will Howard has to come in, and it's kind of a turning point in the game. If we had just gone three and outed, you know, Baylor was looking really good offensively. We just kind of got that. I don't want to say lucky. But, you know, they were in the red zone. And, you know, if they had finished that drive, scored a touchdown or even a field goal, I think the turn of the game could have been differently. But Will Howard does what Will Howard does. He goes down there and balls. Deuce Vaughn obviously had an amazing game with over 100 yards rushing. And Ben Sinnott, I mean, that Will Howard to Ben Sinnott pass was, you know, I mean, that's Sunday. That's a Sunday type throw in a super tight window. Uh, We really needed Ben Sinnott to step up, John, because, you know, Cade Warner and Malik Knowles were both hurt. I think it was fairly obvious they both weren't 100% coming into this game. So when, I mean, Ben Sennett, seven receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he already, I think he had a career high for interceptions basically in the first half. And I mean, his two touchdowns, this dude is an absolute athlete. Um, He is, I mean, he should definitely be way more utilized on this team. And we just have just such a wealth of weapons. I mean, and Will Howard's got a lot of cool toys to work with. I mean, just the way K-State utilizes him uh, in the passing game. I mean, well, we saw it during the Oklahoma game where he was just completely bulldozing Oklahoma's secondary. And next thing you know, he comes up with two passes, and, and one of which was a complete dart uh, from Will Howard right right in, in, uh, right in through traffic. Uh, and both play- Baylor players run into each other while 
oh, Ben Sinnott just takes the ball out. I mean, he had one of, one of the best performances in a long time. I mean, even looking at this list, uh, he has two two of the uh, top K State tight end performances since 2020. Um, the uh, I believe third uh, with this Baylor game, and then you got Daniel Mounter Bebe against TCU, and you also had Jaron Mastred, I believe that's his last name, but uh, he played in 2006 against Kansas. So, oh, and he uh, and Senate as well. He's he's number five uh, in the performance against Oklahoma as well. So. I mean, you got to tip the cap to him. He just continues to find ways to just really like clone himself as a wide receiver at times, just, just when I'm not expecting it. And, you know, I, I think it is a good thing, especially when uh, you consider that Knowles and Warner and maybe Phillip Brooks to a lesser extent, they weren't at their uh, full potential. They weren't clearly 100%. Um, so he had, he had himself one heck of a day. You know, people are going to remember those two touchdowns a lot, but another catch that a, a third really great catch was that trick play we ran. We ran oh, the little right. like toss to Brooks and then a like a flicker. like an end around flea flicker. I don't know what you would really call it, but that's a tough catch too. I mean, I was just amazed we were out here running, you know, end around flea flickers at Kansas State University with Colin Klein, an offensive coordinator. Um, it's always great to see stuff like that. Um, John, look at the stats here. I mean, there's just like a, you know, if you were to pick one, it's hard to pick just one stat to be the reason that we won this game because we did so many things so well. I mean, you're eight of 13 on third down. You're going to win a lot of games when you're that doing that well on third down. You're that efficient. Um, you know, Baylor's 0 of 3 on fourth down. And a lot of those were really key. Obviously, you know, when it's 24 to 3 and they're going for it on fourth down on their own 20 yard line, like you're in a pretty good game state. Um, obviously John time of possession. I mean, we dominated the time of possession. We knew this was going to be a run heavy game between both teams, you know, 37 and a half minutes, 22 minutes. Just great. I mean, let's talk about the time of this game, John. I mean, this game started about six 15. It was over Mm -hmm. at like nine 20. I mean, it was like the, it was just such a fast game. My parents love that, you know, cause they like to go to bed early. Uh, so they really enjoyed a a nice little, uh, quick game. And then I think another thing um, we talked about this kind of in our keys and our preview show, um, you know, you got to take Richard Reese, Quaylen Jones, Squirrel Williams, that three headed monster out of the game and make Blake shape and win the game. And we totally did that. Baylor kind of, I mean, I think to their own fault, they abandoned their game plan. They were running all over us in that first, those first few drives. And it was pretty scary. I was like, well, we got this interception. We score. That's great. But like, we need to stop their run defense or their run offense. Um, and they got down 10, nothing. And it feels like they kind of just went to a lot of shaping, um, just kind of throwing it around and they would get behind the chains and be forced into this endless cycle of throwing it. You know, if, if I, you know, um, if somebody told me Blake shaping would throw it 38 times in this game, I would feel really good about our odds. Cause that means that's not as many plays that, you know, Richard Reese and Squirrel Williams are getting the ball. So, um, I mean, I guess this could be our pivot to the defense. Um, obviously, a, you know, it wasn't a perfect performance. We give three points, which you'll obviously, obviously take. Um, it's the first time in uh, in the Jeff Grimes era with Baylor's offensive coordinator that they haven't scored a touchdown. Um, the people I want to highlight, John, on defense are the linebackers. Mm-hmm. But Daniel Green, Austin Moore, they, they were tied for the lead in tackles. 
And I mean, especially Daniel Green, he was all over this game. When they're running all that outside zone stuff, you're going to be forced to make some open field tackles. And they really made a ton of them. Um, this defense just has played so well. Especially when they're up their full help. And we we saw throughout the past few weeks, Daniel Green wasn't able to go. Uh, I believe after the TCU game was just really when that when all the health problems just lingered uh, the wrong way. Um, but man, he, I mean, uh, you just saw him in like almost every bit play and not just almost every play. Like we saw him make tackles on consecutive, uh, consecutive plays at one point with six total, uh, with six total tackles as well. I mean, he, I mean, he was just getting to everyone providing a lot of pressure. Uh, I mean, I mean, you, you all add to the fact that Drake Cheatham also had uh, a pretty good game as well with, uh, five tackles, uh, on top of that, with I believe an interception late in the game, I could be wrong here. I'll take a look. Yeah, one interception late uh, late in the game as well. So, I mean, this defense it, it wasn't Oklahoma State. They gave up a few big runs uh, to some of uh, to some Baylor's um, B- Baylor's running backs. But when you're holding them to 103 yards rushing, uh, I'd say it's a great day. And especially for Baylor, I told this to my dad in terms of keys to the game. Baylor, if they uh, if they are held to 170 rushing yards or less, maybe Ashley Hodge did mention that in the interview. Um, Baylor's going to lose. Yeah, I, I do recall that now. It's coming into my mind. Um, but they only rushed for 103. I mean, they just – I mean, the defense just really did their part, stopping uh, Richard Reese, uh, Squirrel Williams. Uh, it was just, it was just a, a really good performance on their part. Yeah, I mean, it was just a really uh, great performance all around. I mean, you mentioned Drake Cheatham. You know, he's the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. Um, with Kobe Savage being out, he's going to be a huge piece uh, going forward. Uh, now, uh, before before we kind of move on to men's and women's basketball, let's kind of talk about, um, you know, maybe a little – we won't go around the Big 12, but we should mention the TCU-Texas game, which was going on pretty much the same time as this game. Because obviously, if TCU beat Texas, then we'd be in control of our own destiny, which TCU did do, not in the way that people would probably expect, but they did win 17 to 10 against Texas at uh, Daryl K. Royal Stadium. And um, I mean, we're, we're in control of our own destiny now. So thanks to Quinn Ewers and Sark for just putting up a dud offensively. They played so bad. Um, I mean, they the, the one touchdown they scored was a defensive touchdown um, near the end of the game. So, I mean, if we beat West Virginia and KU, we're in, John. Uh, we play West Virginia next week, 1 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. Um, it's a shame to be doing ESPN+, Plus in November, John. But um, And it's even worse because we're, we're not going to get a fire Neil Brown either based on what uh, people are saying. So Because but, they, uh, they fired their athletic director and Shane Lyons earlier today. Um, so <clears throat> my assumption is that they're probably going to let Neil Brown finish the season. Uh, and they'll probably be looking for another coach, Ben. But uh, I mean, back to the TCU game. They, I mean, their defense played the best game of a season, despite being seven point underdogs. I mean, they they made Quinn Ewers like completely vulnerable. I mean, he Xavier Worthy was getting limited, so was Bajon Robinson. I mean, their their defense just showed up. Well, TCU's defense completely showed up. And then you got, of course, Kendra Miller, uh, who just uh, exploded for a touchdown as well. So. I mean, no matter how much adversity TCU is playing, they got to know. I mean, they just know, like, how how can we win this way or how can we win this way? Well, they are just completely capitalizing on everything. And, I mean, you got to give credit to Sony Dykes, man, 
first year and now and he's locked up a spot for Arlington. That is that is something else. And I mean I mean everybody was downing on TCU this year. Even I was especially. Uh it's a big win for the Horn Frogs and catapults K State back in back into second, uh alone in second place. Yeah, I mean I don't think anybody but would have believed this game was three nothing at halftime. I mean I feels really bad for the people who bet the over having to watch this game it's is a real is a real tough look for them but we needed tcu to win and they won and now we can we're back to controlling our own destiny again um coming at number 19 in the ap poll 17 in the coaches poll is that correct john i don't have it in front of me I just wanted to uh i can i can check that out okay i'm pretty sure it's 17 uh we'll see where we end up in the cfp it'll be higher than um probably 19 or 17 but we'll see um, the a time for the KU game was announced. Um, so it is 17. Thank you, John. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how much people pay attention to the coaches poll, but anyway, there, I mean, two weeks are playing KU. The time for that game was announced today, 7 PM Fox. So some nighttime November football at the bill. I'm just glad it wasn't 11 AM. Um, it's probably going to be cold. We'll see if we get snow. Um, but that should be a really that's going to be an interesting environment. It's going to be crazy, obviously. Um, if we beat West Virginia, that I mean, that's just going to be such an amazing atmosphere. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for a time like that. But it's it's a great time to be a Wildcat. And for the first time since uh, I believe 1994, K State and KU are going to get televised on prime time, and that was a Thursday night game. So it makes it <laughs> even more special, uh, making it a Saturday night prime time game. Hopefully Brock Heward and uh, uh, Jason Benetti are on the call. We, I mean, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, they're like, they're going to be at Ohio State and Michigan. Um, it's not even a, in doubt. That was, that was surprising. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, just let us have those two and not J- Tim Brando because every every time, I mean, I just, I can't stand listening to him. Man. I, is- I can't say enough bad things about Tim Brando. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned just Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. Have they like... You know, they've been, they do big noon kickoff, obviously. Have they like been, have they seen a good game? It seems well, like every game they're a part of is just a Big Ten blowout. Well, they went to a TCU and Texas Tech two weeks back, uh, d- down in Fort Worth as well. Um, that was an okay game. I believe they're going, I believe they're going to LA for primetime, though. They're, they're going to change it around. I saw it on Twitter from Joel Klatt that they're going to go to UCLA and USC. Uh, man, UCLA looked terrible uh i don't understand why they're going to ucla when they lose to arizona like that but it is what it is limits their game day chances too because they're going to go to montana state of all places uh so i mean um, i that's what i respect about game days they'll go to you know they'll give other places some love i think they've they're secure enough you know um they've got that kind of clout they can go to some fun places when they go to hbcus it's obviously I'm a good thing as well. Is Josh Pate? I thought I heard was he going to the USC UCLA game too? Uh, he might be. I'm not sure. I think he. Uh, I know he said he was very cold in New Orleans, so I think he wanted to get some nice weather. <laughs> I uh, I still remember during the Oklahoma State game where he attended. Uh, he was walking over by the student section. I yelled out Pate State material. Then he turns around, and gives me a thumbs up, and he walks <laughs> back. Uh, I mean, he is. I mean, he has some great insight too. So, I mean, I, I highly recommend checking out his podcast as well. If you want like a, a complete look on all of college football, he does he does a good job. Yeah, I think he does a good job call, covering like all of college football as well. And 
Um, I mean, yeah, I think you've mentioned it. He's a very analytical guy. You know, his JP poll is a lot of fun. Um, so, uh, John, let's go ahead and take a break. Um, and we'll talk about some more K-State wins from the men's and women's basketball team. And we're back. Uh, John, we have some breaking news as we're recording this. Um, TCU, the basketball team, uh, huh, just lost to season 15th to to Northwestern State, State. not not even Northwestern, the number 352nd team in the nation. Beats TCU. Uh, I mean, I know of a choice. TCU. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Uh, gosh. How you woo so Northwestern State? Uh, oh my gosh. I mean, he that, that kid who does the videos cracks me up every time, especially when he does Oklahoma. He does like multiple on Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Oklahoma and the fact that KU. Is bowl eligible before Oklahoma by multiple UConn. weeks? UConn is bowl yeah. eligible before Oklahoma. Unbelievable. Duke's bowl eligible before Oklahoma. Syracuse is. Illinois. All the basketball schools are bowl eligible before Oklahoma. I mean, it, it's just absolutely embarrassing. But I mean, we just had to start off with that because TCU was looking very fraudulent against Arkansas Pine Bluff. They were looking fraudulent against Lamar. And next thing you know, Northwestern State comes back to bite them in the rear end. So, uh, uh, just, I mean, it kind of dampens the Big 12 basketball product a little bit when you're losing to a terrible team like that. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, they didn't have their starting backcourt, uh, to be fair, Mike Miles and Damian Ball. But who cares? You're still TCU. You're a number with- 15 team in the country. I mean that's nowhere near a good a good excuse for why you're losing to a team like that. Um, but let's get back to K State sports, John, because we would never do anything like that ever. I can't think of a time within the past I don't know two years where we've had an embarrassing loss to a team we shouldn't have lost to. Uh, but those days are behind us. Let's you talk are, about you were you were getting right to to the three years, and I was going to be the one that had to point it out. It was an uh, exhibition. But, it doesn't count. Okay. No, I no, we scheduled them as a game at a count. But anyways, I, I digress. Case oh. uh, I mean, Jerome Tang could never. He would uh, never Jerome, do that. No, he would never. Nope, not one bit. Never, and he didn't. Uh, let's talk about this game against Cal. Uh, the boys flew out to Berkeley Haas Pavilion. Um, they had a pretty about, good time. Talk uh, about but, an early. Uh, talk about an early non-conference game. Yeah, this was the only game Jerome Tang got to schedule. The rest was kind of just given to him when he took the job. Um, obviously, it's paid off well. It was a smart decision. Go on the road, play a Power 5 team. You know, even though Cal you know, wasn't the best last year, and they're obviously not the best. They lost their first game to UC Davis. But um, K-State won this game on Friday, 63-54. to um, I didn't get to watch the Pac-12 broadcast because uh, my mom has Hulu. She didn't have it, so we just listened to the radio. Obviously, um, you know, some good memes from the broadcast of um the of the production team not knowing who Jerome Tang is and you know, name of Jerome Yang. And, you know, and they were pointing at the wrong person as well. Like oh man. It was Coach Sutton. Is that how they were showing? I think that was Sutton, but oh, the I mean, network is such a complete dumpster fire you, at this point. Everything about how do you miss Jerome Tang, man? Anyway, 
Um, 63 to 54. It got a little scary, John. I mean, mm-hmm. we're up 42 to 22 in the second half. We just go completely cold, um, turning the ball over like crazy. But um, I mean, as soon as it's a one point game, we go on a big run, go up by 11 and we pull it out 63 to 54, stay undefeated at two and oh. Um, the way I see this, John, I think this is a game we definitely would have lost last year. You know, we do not shoot the ball. Well, you know, 37% from the field, 26% from three. Um, you know, this is kind of a, it's a kind of a sneaky grinded out game when you're not shooting the ball this well, even though we were up by so much, I mean, Cal shot the ball better than us. It just, it didn't hurt that they shot it terribly from the free throw line. But I mean, how did we win this game? We forced 22 turnovers. Cal had 22 turnovers. Yep. And on top of that, really, what's uh, what separated the game uh, late in the second half was Marquise Noel's four-point play with just five minutes left. Um, we were able to get the Pac-12 network on a, at a radio station. So, I mean, we were able to get into the knitting grid of that. But um, when Devin Askew turn, turned the ball over, I mean, well, this was during the first half. Uh, I think Naquan Tomlin or Marquise Noel, uh, they had the ball first, and then they were just passing it uh, like hot potato. And the next thing you know, uh, Nick Nick Juan Tomlin gets the behind the back pass from Noel, and he just tomahawk jam. I mean, just uh I'm so excited, man, for this team. Uh, but Noel, uh, he late in the game, he had a three pointer from a uh, right corner uh, in front of a K State bench while getting fouled, so that helped. Uh, Increased K State's lead fifty one to forty six, um. But you are, but the defense is just coming in very physical. Uh, I think in the first half, uh, uh in the UTRGV game, they limited uh, any any options right there. I mean, on top of that, uh, you, you said what, what was it forty four and twenty turnovers, right? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. Um, they were able to shoot forty percent. Um. Uh, and they were really able to get back when K State was struggling in the second half, um, and they, I mean, K State had the lead as built as much as seventeen at one point. So, um, you you gotta, I mean, kind of similar to what we saw last year under Bruce Weber, just some of the scoring droughts that continue to kind of bite K State, but they were able to uh, come back and and win, uh, escaping with a lot of adversity that was dealt already. Yeah, I mean, Keontae Johnson, 16 points, nine boards. Marquise Noel, even though he didn't shoot it well, you know, three of 11 from the field, that four-point play was the only three he made the entire game. You know, yeah. found it, got to the free throw line. He was driving a ton. Um, he Those three back buckets he made were huge. They were near the end of the game. You know, three steals, obviously. He's going to lead the Big 12 in steals, or he's going to be up there. Um, yeah. He's just a monster on defense and plays with so much. He's the definition of gritty. Um, and I'm talking with T's, not with D's. Um, uh, you know, he got 13.7 assists. So even though he wasn't shooting it well, still found a way to get involved. Naquan Tomlin, I thought had a better game than he did against UTRGV. Um, you know, obviously had the emphatic dunk, had another good dunk as well in that game as well. Also got in double figures. Uh, you know, some producers off the bench made a shot or two there, but I think this was a good test for this team. Um, you know, then you play Kansas City this Thursday. And then you head off to the Caymans to play uh, Nevada Tulane and um, whoever else is involved in that tournament as well as Rhode Island. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Um, yeah. Hopefully they have a good time in the Caymans. Um, and and back to the game. I mean, we saw Tyke Green make make an insane dunk as well. 
uh, late. So it'll be fun to see where this K-State team, uh, how much this uh, K-State team can continue the momentum under Tang in his first season with, of course, Kansas City. I mean, you can't overlook a team, but it's Kansas City. Don't disrespect City. the Ruse. Don't disrespect Bruce. Um, and then you'll play Rhode Island first in the Cayman Classic. And the next thing you know, we got to play the winner of either Nevada or a good friends from New Orleans and Tulane. Uh, so um, with that being said, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, this team just complete, uh, just compete, uh, just bringing it to the floor every time, uh, especially defensively. I mean, they are just they're just getting on everybody's faces. Uh, forcing turnovers it's just absolutely insane so far from when i from from the physicality of uh k-state's defense yeah and marquise noel's picking up people full court i mean we're playing defense with a ton of tenacity uh really gotta love it i mean we talked about this preseason john i just want to talk about it again i mean our non-conference schedule i don't see us having more you know if we keep continuing to play the way that we've played in these two games and the way that i think we can play if we continue to improve we shouldn't come out of here with more than like two losses maybe i mean you've got butler which could be tough i'm not really sure how they're doing two games in which i watched the wichita state game versus alcorn state oh my that was rough i mean they've got they had a lot of people transfer out craig mm. porter jr is pretty much their only guy who's back they have a lot of they just look like five random dudes playing basketball they kind of got it together but i mean if unless they make some drastic change in a couple of weeks, I think we should be able to handle Wichita State and Bramlage. You've got Nebraska at the T-Mobile Center. Um, you know, there's a few maybe tough games, but I think we should breeze through our non-con and be really strong heading into that New Year's Eve game against West Virginia. And then on top of that, Florida. Uh, can't forget about them as well. Yeah, they'll be tough, but they also lost to Florida Atlantic uh, tonight as well. So. Um, <laughs> I know they lost. They lost to Florida Atlantic, um, which is pretty dang funny. You're losing to a charter school, or, or it, it might be a private school. Florida Atlantic is, but nonetheless, K State uh, a little more of an easier non-conference schedule than I thought. Really able to get some uh, uh, rack up some big wins before you head into the uh, gauntlet. Gauntlet that is Big Twelve basketball. Yeah, and that's where the rubber is going to meet the road. We're going to really figure out who this team is. Um, you know, about a month and a half from now when they start to meet some some of the toughest competition there is in the entire country. And that's going to be a ton of fun to watch. I mean, that Wichita State games already sold out or close to being sold out. I'd imagine a lot of these Big 12 home games are going to be sold out as well. It's going to be a, it's going to be an electric atmosphere that, you know, we've only seen maybe once or twice a year before tw- this season. And this is coming on the same day as the football team possibly playing in Arlington. So uh, not trying to jinx anything, but uh, K-State football is able to make it to Arlington. I mean, Gene Taylor is going to uh, be really busy with handling the in-state rivalry with the basketball game and uh, going down to Arlington as well. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be even interesting this week. You you got a, another basketball doubleheader with a men's team playing Kansas City first, which is a, a little bit interesting. You got can- You're playing Kansas City first. Uh, I mean, the men's team is playing first, and then the women's team, which we can talk about them, they got number four Iowa. So it's Oof. gonna. I mean, I mean, I can't. I just can't imagine being him uh, between the fall and the winter seasons. Like it must be chaotic. Yeah, this is this is this the most. Cha- yeah, like you said, chaotic oh. time of the year for then, <laughs> for sports. And then, oh, I mean, for Gene Taylor as well. He's also part of the college football playoff committee. <laughs> so. 
I mean, he, <laughs> hopefully he's giving us a good word down in uh down in, uh, down there in uh uh where where is it Grand Prairie or uh Frisco wherever their offices are for the playoff committee. So, uh yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine being him. <laughs> yeah, he makes the kind of money he makes for a reason. He's a very busy man. Um, and he does a great job. He's done some great things with K State. Um, he's the goat. I mean, you you did the segue for me to women's basketball, John. So let's get into it. They also played on Friday. They played on the Brewers baseball field, which mm-hmm. um is a really cool opportunity playing Wisconsin. Um, got the dub, John, 77-63. It looked pretty uh, you know, it didn't look great in the beginning, you know, losing, you know, 23-13 after the first quarter, but you rally around. Um, you know, you start shooting it a lot better. Um, as the game goes on, I mean, inc- including a fourth quarter where you shoot 60%, um, you know, and 90%, you get 11 free throws and shoot 90%, you know, that's, that's going to win you a lot of games. Um, and I mean, Gra- Gabby Gregory, you know, these first few games is obviously going to be a superstar for this team, 25 points and nine boards. Um, she's going to re- be the reason this team's going to win a lot of games. Yeah. I think you mentioned it and uh, really, is just starting starting off the game. Casey did looked pretty sluggish at first. Wisconsin they had a fourteen to two run to build, uh, what was it, twenty three to thirteen lead, and then kind of later on they they pushed the margin to uh, twenty seven to fourteen as well. So, um, way to way to uh, bounce back uh, for K State. Um, really, with the twelve two run, Gabby Gregory just continues to provide provide that must need offensive presence with K State, especially. When you don't have uh, Aoka Lee in the lineup, and uh, n- nothing, nothing against some of the other players, but they haven't been able to manage uh, as much as much as uh, manage many as many points as she has um, already. So, I mean, she just continues to provide a spark for this team. Uh, I already mentioned she was um, all freshman team in the Big Twelve when she was at Oklahoma. So, I mean, she she was a she she was a big uh, addition to K State and really a big impact uh, in the Wisconsin game as well. I believe that's also um that was the first women's basketball game being played on the uh, at a uh, baseball diamond as well. So I thought that's pretty cool and then on top of that, your K-State becomes the 19th Division 1 school to uh to surpass uh 1000 wins. So um Big big accomplishment there for Jerome Tan- uh oh, sorry. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Mitty uh, in the women's basketball team, it's it's men's and women's basketball. Like it's gonna get crossed over in my head at times. Um, but but Jeff Minnie just continues to keep on reaching these milestones. It, it's like they're doing more with less, but they're just able to get it done. Uh, especially when I mean, just I mean, Gabby Gregory is gonna be really carrying this team. As much as I don't as I don't like sugarcoating stuff, I mean, she has. She has been really uh, a thorn on some of the defensive sides, in particular Wisconsin as well. Yeah, I mean, she took a ton of shots this game too. She shot 11 threes by herself. I don't know if she plans on, you know, putting up that many in a game, but if she's going to shoot it as well as she did, you know, I mean, 35, 38%, I mean, that's a, you know, a good clip to be shooting the three at. I mean, how can you not love Serena Sundell as well? 17 points, nine boards, and seven assists. I mean, she didn't shoot it that well. You know, she was four at 12, one at seven from three. But I mean, you know, kind of like how Marquise Noel, it's like when you're not shooting the ball well, well, she still finds a way to get involved 
eight of 10 from the free throw line. You know, if you're not shooting the ball, well, you know, free throws are easy buckets and just drive and force some contact. You're able to get some stuff up and get some free points and nine boards and seven assists. I mean, just so, so great to see her do that. Um, You know, I posed the question last time, John, um, in their opener, uh, you know, we need some more, you know, some more help. Um, You know, you get three and double figures, Jalen Glenn, uh, was kind of somebody who stepped up and had a good game. She had 16 points coming off the bench, which was a big help. Cause I mean, um, you win the bench points battle 21 to four um, Wisconsin's starting five pretty much scored all their points. They had five people score in total. Everybody else was just putting up donuts. So Wisconsin was pretty top heavy. Uh, you know, Kansas state was able to have a little bit more depth and spread it around a little bit, which is what they're, you know, you really need really need and especially last year when we were just putting into consideration um Aoka Lee's success when she's in the paint um there was just not any any too much else production when it comes to um, besides Serena Sandel um <clears throat> to a lesser extent as well but I mean we I mean it really the, the team was just incredibly young and even this year's team is young they're gonna have a few jitters uh and they got hit in the mouth early and you know, like Jerome Tang squad, I mean, they were just able to bounce back in a, in a much different atmosphere as well. Um, I mean, again, this is a baseball field, so so there's going to be a little bit of a different vision uh, when it comes to not only playing the game, but like just with the overall environment as well. Yeah, and coming up next for them, I mean, you mentioned it, fourth-ranked Iowa. Um, you know, that coming into town, it's going to be – it's going to be – it's it's gonna be a tall task for K State early on. Yeah, I mean to be fair though, Iowa did play Drake. Uh, we two days ago when you're listening to this, yesterday is the time we're recording this on Monday night. They they won against Drake, but it had to go to OT. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, kind of a tough grinded out game against Drake before you come and play K State. Um, it probably will you know not mean much. Iowa is just such a great team. Um, but you know, hopefully you know we can put up a fight and learn a lot. Um, you know, if we came up with a win, that would just be a, a crazy upset. Um, you know, so make sure to go to the, you know, the first, uh, the men's game against K, uh, KC and then stay for the women's game against Iowa. Cause they'll both be uh, very good. Let's mention volleyball real quick. Obviously you talked about it on Friday. Um, when you did the show, John, mm-hmm. you know, swept West Virginia kind of, you know, it's expected there were zero and 11 going into, you know, conference play or, you know, OLED in conference play going into that game. So you kind of just did what was expected, but um, you know, they've got four games left. They play Oklahoma on Wednesday. Um, they're 14 and 11, five and seven, a conference play for this volleyball team. Uh, John, what are their tournament chances like look like? And what does this team need to do if they want to make the tournament? Well, I think um, so far K-State's RPI when looking at the fig stats, um, they're around the lower sixties. So, if you're able to rack up a few wins over Oklahoma and TCU, who's really on the bubble, um, that could really put uh, catapult K-State to maybe somewhere around the 50s. And then on top of that, you got Texas Tech. And uh, I don't know if we played at Baylor on the road yet or not. but Yeah, it's I on the road. That, but um, if K-State's able to win three out of the four games, they might be on the outside looking in. But um, nonetheless, they, they would still have a lot of momentum. Uh they still have a lot of momentum uh, heading into next season as well, but I don't know. There's still plenty of volleyball to be played. 
Uh, we've seen Pac-12 and Big West teams just completely collapse uh, when it comes to late season matches. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just stuff like that. Of course, you're going to have um, the Big Ten getting uh, multiple teams. Uh, Northwestern, who's never been in the tournament, they're going to be in there. Uh, you have the SEC starting to uh, get some teams in, the ACC. So um, the Big 12, like from a volleyball perspective, it's just always been Texas and Baylor. Um, so it case it's got a lot of a little bit of more ground to uh to build up, but um you're five and seven right now in the Big Twelve. Uh you you and if you're able to uh get some uh three more wins, uh the best case scenario, maybe you can finish eight and eight, or if you're able to beat Baylor and Waco, you could end the year nine and seven as well. So um it, it's still possible. It's still possible, maybe a little more of an outside shot compared to some. Um but they're, they're, they're not they're not quitting by any chance. Yeah, I mean, four games left. I mean, you won two games in a row, get a big win against, you know, a ranked Iowa State team in Ames. That's tough. Again, they play Oklahoma Wednesday in Bramlage to so make sure to come out and support them. They, they've only got two more home games. They've got this in Texas Tech over Thanksgiving break, which will be senior night for them. Um, I mean, you imagine it's, it's going to be real tough to go to Waco um, and get a win there against Baylor. So you really got to win your next three games here um, if you want to get a shot. Um, John, I think um, I think we about covered it all. Uh, so Pretty much. I, I think this was possibly one of the perfect weekends you could have asked for. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got the Big 12 race working in your favor. You get to see Texas A&M not going bowl eligible despite having the number one recruiting class. <laughs> You got Colorado, Missouri, and Nebraska losing as well. And then on top of that, you got the rest of the K-State sports getting in, uh, getting some big wins. So Gene Taylor was definitely sleeping happy. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just always enjoy thinking uh, what's in the mind of an athletic director or a K-State or the president as well. So, uh, But nonetheless, uh, big, big weekend for K-State, uh, particularly in football when you uh, really have a chance to solidify yourselves um not just with the win over west virginia maybe you can get some help from kansas but if not uh then you just say what have you done uh then you can just blast and buy 90 at home yeah absolutely we're going to absolutely shred that defense i think we could win if only running run plays um yep. i don't think even with will howard and i don't think we need to pass the ball um against that ku defense but that'll be a, a ton of fun two weeks in prime time on Fox for the whole world to see uh, to continue that streak going. That'll be a ton of fun. We'll be right here to cover it, John. Uh, make sure you're following right. us on Twitter, Blake 75 leave a review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Cats by 90. Cats by 90. E-ma?